Welcome to Americans in Germany drinking whiskey. This is Jeff. And this is Alex. We are now post episode 100. <laughs> and uh, today we're talking about cars and driving culture comparisons from Germany to the United States. Alex famously uh, wishes every road on the planet would disappear. <laughs> so uh, we know how he feels about this. So um, this is going to be a um, an off the cuff discussion. Yeah, as he said, between the U.S. and Germany. You know, we all we all know like since you're like what 15 in the U.S., you're driving, you're right. obsessed with cars, you need cars. In Germany, certain areas don't necessarily need cars. So we're gonna we're gonna yeah, yeah. go back and forth and see what happens. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Thanks for coming, guys. It is episode 100 and... One. 101. Dalmatians. I think uh, our our podcast will now, like other important events in the world, be defined as the pre-episode 100 era <laughs> and the post-episode 100 era. all of human history now, <laughs> that's the measuring mark. Yeah. It's all downhill from here, everybody. Yeah, we, Sorry. We, we, we peaked. If the quality just goes like... To shit. Nosedive, we apologize in if, advance. If at any point any of uh, any of you listeners say like, you know what, guys, like call it quits. It's, it's you had your run. Just let us know. Just let us know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we won't get offended. Put it on our stair. Welcome. Yeah, exactly. But, but in all honesty, man. Um, God, I had some fun. So just it was just fun times that episode one hundred. I, I couldn't have imagined how fun that was going to be recording that episode. That was really really fun. I, I super enjoyed myself having it live, answering questions while doing like a very meta episode. It was just like. I had a great, I had a great time for that hour and a half or however long it was. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you to all of you who did join us for yes. the live portion on Instagram, sending in your questions. Uh, every few minutes, we're able to look over, answer questions, interact with you guys. Yeah. Um, lots of uh, listeners showed up, and then randomly we would see like, oh, hey, our dad and our mom showed up, and they're uh, talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It was just. Um, it was yeah. a grand old time. It was a grand old time. It was it was just like everything you'd want in a as a podcast host. It was just like oh, everything going on. You had yeah. like live. You had the Q and A. You got the the behind the scenes talk. You got just funny stories. It was, it was all good. It, it, it was super fun. Yeah, and also a special thanks to those of you who have sent us donations recently. Yes, thank you so um, much. Because we've been bleeding for the past month or so. So uh, special shout out to uh, Jack Stewart and my mom, Linda. Thanks, Mom. Yes. And thank you to all of you. I mean, you you all sent just amazing donations, um, like, just in time for our 100th episode, yeah. which made us feel good. So um, we, we really appreciate it. Uh, that stuff really does help us keep keep trucking. For sure. For sure. Uh, recently, in a, ooh, not last week, but maybe the week before, uh, we mentioned that, um, you know, due to the rising prices and energy and all that for various reasons, you know, supply chain problems, the war in Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera, um, Germany decided to provide some relief to Germans. Yeah. Um, so because our heating bills are going up and gas prices are going up. So they introduced this, what they call the, um, I think they called it the nine by 90, meaning it was yeah, um, nine by 90. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a, um, a monthly public transit ticket that'll be nine euro per month for a three-month period and this is uh germany-wide is everywhere in germany yeah, it doesn't matter where you live in germany but what i don't know is so say i live in berlin i get a ticket it lets me but is it is it letting me take trains from berlin to munich i believe it does for nine uh, euro yeah i was reading about it the other day and someone asked a question and, and I, I believe yes they haven't really been clear. Like, but it's been unclear, yeah. yeah. From what I've heard, for sure, no matter where you live, it will allow you to 
to travel around your city and your region. Right. I don't know if it let you go from point A to point B within the country. I mean, that would um, seem like that would be a huge financial loss. Um, and I feel like this, the, the the trains just be unbelievably crowded. Yeah, I mean, but but anyways, e- even if it just works within your city, um, really cool. So that, yeah, absolutely. And, and the reason we're bringing it up again is because they have finally announced the start date is June 1st. So it'll be June, July, August. So all those beautiful summer months, yes. you can uh, ride the rails <laughs> for you nine wanna, euro. When you want to ride your bike outside because it's beautiful, you can now yeah, stay actually, in the bond. Actually, it's the times when I almost never ride the bond, but but for nine euro, I'll get it just for those you know few days where I don't have my bike or, yeah, it's, or it's cold or, there's or no raining. Reason not to. Or, exactly, like so. Um, very cool. Yeah, and other news as well. A recent survey has found that as of this year, one fourth of Germans are either foreign born. Or have at least one foreign parent. And the top three countries for immigration to Germany are Poland, Turkey, and Russia. Very interesting. It's yeah. very cool. Because that's like the, the, the highest that number has ever been. And we, we've mentioned in cities like Berlin, I think it's some like seven, 800,000 people yeah. are foreigners out of uh, three and a half million-ish. Now, these so, are Germans. So I don't think it counts like us. I think that's people who are German, who are, who are now German, but maybe it, emigrated it, it, over. It wasn't clear if it was you had to be German citizens or it was just saying... People who reside in Germany—that wasn't clear. I, yeah, but uh, uh, but anyways, regardless, uh, it's just interesting to know that there that there are there is a huge pool of a, a bigger pool of immigrants than you think living in in Germany. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, uh, Martin Schulz said it um, a few months ago that Germany is a country of immigrants, and I think that's a pretty cool sentiment for him to say. And uh, clearly, it's true. I, I, yeah, numbers do not lie. They do not There's lie. There's one thing Germans. Cannot fight against its numbers. I mean, it could lie. It is a survey, so who knows how many people they survey. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, then we shouldn't have mentioned it at all. God damn it. Okay. Damn it. Okay. It's fine. So uh, how are things going with your fine self? Uh, good. Um, you know, not a whole lot new going on. Had a nice weekend. You and I, we went to a friend of ours, uh, Matt. He's in a, back, a band called The Roxies. Yeah, which, shout out to The Roxies, friend of the podcast. Our badass. And uh, they had their kind of record release party in, in their practice space. Yeah, that was it, really cool. Yeah, it gotten like delayed a few times because of uh, Corona and stuff like that. And uh, so went to that, then came back to the uh, Jeff residence. Had a little uh, virtual bowling going on, <laughs> some beer and some whiskey going on. So good times. Yeah, that was that was a fun weekend. Yeah. Um. One actually, one thing I do want to mention because I think this will help people. Those of you who plan on visiting Germany or moving to Germany soon, okay, this will okay. help you avoid just bad experiences. Now, I, I've I had kind of forgotten. You know, like every city in Europe, everywhere that you go as a tourist—Rome, Berlin, London, whatever—have these classic tourist restaurants in which service is zero and they treat you just like a wallet because they know that you're never going to return and they don't they don't cra- they don't care oh for, i mean those are all around They're all um, around tourist areas yeah but i for, kind of forgot about them because you know i live here and we always go to normal local places where everything is nice and the staff is nice did, did you go to a tourist restaurant i did and so i i just want to um this is a word of warning to people now this was at alexanderplatz well um, would you expect yeah i yeah, know I don't know, but, but again, I just want to bring it up because a lot of people will will go to Alexanderplatz, you know. True. Um, so I went to the Kino there and got out at 1030. It's Monday. And as anybody who lives in Berlin knows, like Alexanderplatz is a dead zone in terms of bars or anywhere worthy of actually going to. Yeah, it's awful. Right next to the theater is this typical touristy Italian place. I know exactly what you're talking about. It has like a yep. huge outside terrace, right? Yep. And we're like, ah, they have beers. So we go, we sit down wait like five, 10 minutes. Nobody comes over. Finally, somebody comes over after we flagged them down. All we ordered was two things, just 
a light beer and a dark beer. Because my, my friend doesn't like light beer. He likes, sounds simple enough to me. Simple enough. He goes away. Five minutes goes by. Ten minutes. Fifteen minutes. Almost twenty minutes goes by. No. And we're just waiting for these beers. And we kind of look around and we notice like almost every other table is also kind of like sitting, looking around, waiting for their beers. And it's a bunch of tourists because you use your English everywhere, right? Yeah, sure. So we're like waiting twenty minutes for these beers. Finally, we flag the guy down, and we're like, "Where's our beers?" And he's like, "What beers?" Oh my god. And we start to reorder again. Another five minutes goes by. Finally, he brings the beers. Wrong order. It's two light beers instead of a light beer and a dark beer. But at this point, we've been sitting for so long. My friend's just like, okay, I don't like light beer, but I'm just going to drink it anyway. This beer, whatever. I'll drink it. So we drink it. And then as they were there, like you could just see uh, there, there, there were waiters who were actually giving people crap for not tipping them enough. Oh, really? Which is very un-German, very un You're only going to get that in touristy restaurants. Oh. Um, and then and then we go to leave, and the, and the guy comes over, and, we're, and we, I show my card, and he's like, oh, God. He's like, are you sure you want to pay with card? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, am, I am. Yes, I am sure. That's why I brought it out. And so we're talking to him in German, right? And so he says, like, oh, sorry, minimum card uh, charge is 10 euros. Both me and my friend, and my friend, he's like 100% fluent in German, right? Both heard saying 10 okay yeah. so i was like sh- and our total was nine euro we didn't want to tip him at all because the service was so bad but we're like okay i'll give him one euro tip whatever. Sure. so give him a card comes back and he's kind of like about to leave and just something in my gut just said look at the receipt because he didn't give it to me so i was like nah, just let me look at that real quick so i look and he charged 15 euro to the card not 10 really yeah 15 and so we're, and so i was like so he, so he stole from you so i was like whoa whoa, whoa. Mm, 15 no and, he, and then he goes on to like no that's what i said i said and and but both me and my friend both heard saying now the ending of saying it's like so it's the same yeah there's, there's a small chance that he was correct regardless instead of just like correcting the thing he fights us on it says no i said saying you have to pay the you already, already charged it, 15 euros or whatever, and gives all this gruff. And then finally, out of his little waiter's purse, he pulls a five-euro bill out and just throws it at the table and then walks away without saying anything. Sounds like a lovely experience. Yeah, yeah. I should and, go there. Yeah, and then when I got home, like all I saw were one-star reviews. There was at least five or six different people saying the person shamed them for the amount of tip that they gave them and actually went to the table next door and told the story of how bad the tip was from them, like in front of them. Oh my God. Yeah, and it was just a bunch of one-star reviews of like, no service, no service, took 30 minutes just to get a cola. But they know no one's coming back anyways. Exactly. That, and that's the thing. Yeah, and the whole point of the story is just guys like, A, and if you come to Berlin, anywhere at Alexanderplatz, if you're thirsty or hungry, do not go, walk five, 10 minutes, and then go get some because that that is a horrible area in which everything will be tourist oriented and i mean by tourist oriented i mean horrible service and low quality food and, like, and i think you can gen, you can like kind of generate uh, generalize that and extrapolate that to most uh city centers uh in yes. europe if you're in a city center usually the restaurants in that piazza are not gonna be the best quality now in most other city centers you have a nice piazza or something like that so it might be worth maybe some shittier food for a nice environment if you go into a place and the waiter, without you opening your mouth, starts with English as like how many people or something like that, then you know that is a touristy True. place. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I just sure. wanted to warn you guys with that story. That was, that was a good good warning. Yeah. I agree. Sorry, long story, but just like wanted to no, throw worth it out it. there. But um, you know what never rips us off, Jeff? Usually. Ooh. <laughs> the uh, golden liquid. The golden liquid known as whiskey. Whiskey. Now, today we have a, uh, a pretty well-known brand of whiskey. Uh, well, we haven't had it yet on the show, so I saw it today at the uh, at the shop, and I ooh at the shop bought it. Yeah, at the shop because we forgot to order something this week. So this is uh, Glen Morangi, the original Highland Single Malt Scotch Whiskey. 
aged 10 years. Hmm. Pretty normal looking bottle. Uh, it was actually, he turned towards me a little bit. It's kind of weird because the, the whiskey itself is very yellow and then the label is yellow. I don't, I would, I don't know. It's like, it's not the best color scheme in the world. No, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's not the prettiest bottle in the world. I, I, I agree with you there. It's too, yeah, it's too much of the same color. Looks like they put like a sepia filter on the bottle. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Glenmorangie 10 year, um, it's a normal Glenmorangie. It's, it's like 35 euro. It's not too expensive. And I've heard of this one many times before. So I'm hoping that it's, that it's good. Is the 10 year like the base Glenmorangie? Yeah. So the shop, they had three different ones. This was the cheapest one. Um, that was 10. The other one was 15. I think the other one was 20, I believe. I could Ooh, be wrong. Why? Yeah. So uh, I got the 10 to try it out. If you like it, maybe it's one time we'll have the yeah. 15. Ooh, nice. Let's see so let's pop this guy open. Ooh, that was a quality bad layer. That'll that be on episode pop. 200, man. Okay. <laughs> for the 21 pop salute. <laughs> or does it have to be 42 pop salute at that point? I don't know. I, I don't think we have to worry about going to 200. Should we do a whole that... hour of just pops? <laughs> I, if we make the 200, then we are the most creative people in the world. <laughs> okay. Let me do a little, little sniff. Mm, smells good. Smells, smells like a scotch. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. That's nice. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Very nice. Not bad. Easy. Good start. Now, uh, before we get into our topic... Of course, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We read them. We love them. And it helps us keep going. If you feel like it. If you don't, again, it's your life, man. Go go watch Seinfeld. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And also, uh, come check out the, uh, what some say is the greatest website of all time in the history of humankind. Which, I mean, that's a five-star review right there. (laughs) Right? I mean... I don't say it. Other people say it. Yeah. But that is uh, agdwpodcast.com. Lots of extras on there. Um, pictures of whiskey, episodes, extras. One-stop shop for everything. Everything. Jeff and Alex. Yeah. Except for like, you know, our, where we're born and stuff. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, we have an Instagram page now. I know what you're saying. Eh, I'm not really into the Instagram. I don't care about the pictures. But if for, that's really the place we're going to get updates because that's where we put all of our updates about True. like the special episodes coming out, meetups. special guests, meetups. Uh, if for whatever reason we're sick and we can't release an episode. So I would say go ahead and follow us there. Even if you're not into the pictures, just because it's like, it's the best place to get the, the, the most current information about what we're, what we're and all about. I would say if you don't have an account, literally just make one just for us. Totally worth it. I mean that too. Of course. Give Facebook all of your data just for me and Jeff. Well, Instagram. Who's on my Facebook? Who's no, owned by Meta. Meta, sorry. Sorry, not by Meta. Facebook. Get in the Metaverse <laughs> and follow us in the Metaverse. <laughs> we'll sell some NFTs. It's going to be great. It's like the Spider-Man multiverse, just not fun. <laughs> and, and, and just like way stupider. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah anyways. Let's what's, dive. What's also stupid. Or should we drive on in? So, should we drive on in, Jeff? <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> Oh man! Vroom vroom vroom! We're literally like droves of listeners are just are, are just pressing stop right now. Okay, I don't blame them. But yeah, we're talking about cars and driving culture between uh, comparison between Germany and the U.S. Now we have no outline here. We're just gonna wing it. And also by saying, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, that I since moving to Europe, I'm just not a fan of cars anymore. Uh, I used to be a big car. Like I understand car culture in terms of like people like into cars and like like building them and stuff like that. Mm. I think that's cool. It's a cool hobby. Uh, but that's not what I'm talking. About. I'm talking about um, city planning that is planned around cars rather than planned around people. Right. I have a problem with. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair enough. And, and I think I think we've mentioned it a few times, probably. So people are probably aware. Yeah. Now we're we got to start. I think we got to start somewhere more with a like a nice foundation, a base. So I think we should start with um, what 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 was the driving culture as we knew it growing up in the U.S. Okay, sure. You know, start start there. Like we start with you. Start with you. Okay, so um, driving in the U.S. and Rhode Island, where I'm from, uh, you need a car there. There's there's the RIPTA, which is the Rhode Island Public Transportation Association, I think. R-A-P-T-A, yeah. And um, that's a bus, but no one uses it. Like, I don't see, literally no one. I don't see anyone ever on it. Yeah. But it is there, and it comes every, like, 20 that minutes to an hour or something like that. I honestly don't know, because I've never taken it, and you always <laughs> see it empty on the streets, but if you do see it. Now, now we should throw in, for anybody, uh, European listeners, because you're probably like, what? No, what is it? doesn't make sense. Why? Why is it there if nobody uses it? Well, in the in the U.S. in general, but besides a few select cities, but in general in the U.S., the buses and the public transportation are there, yeah, for people who just can't afford cars, and 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 usually it's like you cannot really like live a life without owning a car in the U.S. It's very right. different in, than in Europe, and also there's like the stigma if you don't own a car. They're like, okay, you're a loser, you're poor, um, you know, the girl or the guy won't go to, why would they go on a date with you? You don't have a car? How are you going to pick, how are you going to pick it, me it, up? It, it sounds ridiculous, but, but it actually is like a lot of stereotypes that you'll hear when you're in the States, especially when you're younger and you're 15, 16 years old. You're like, I need to get a car so girls will like me. Exactly. So, um, um, so that's what he means by like, why would he live in a city and never use the bus? I mean, yeah. also I think, yeah, in the city I grew up, I maybe used it once maybe. And, because and to, be f- to be fair, I only live in a city. I lived in a suburbs, like and near a small town, you know, because it's more spread out. It's not really, it wasn't really like a city or or even a village. It's kind of like there's houses in different neighborhoods. Then you have a downtown and that's kind of like, and then a bunch of just stores and restaurants kind of spread out on streets. Yeah. Um, So yeah, like most of the States, you need a car to participate in society in a good way. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, to get to work, to go shopping, to pretty much do, cause like do anything. Yeah. Cause the way things are built, like I don't think we've mentioned it, but um, instead of having like shopping and residential really intermixed, like it is in Europe, it's more like, here's the suburbs that are just houses where people live. Right. And then a few miles away, here's where all the shopping is. And from get to A from B, you, it's either like 45 minute walk or you drive five minutes. You know what yeah, I mean? And like usually that. there's not even sidewalks to walk on anyways. Like right. uh, before I could drive, I used to ride my bike with my, with my buddies down to like the downtown area and hang out there. And that downtown area is very European looking. There's shops at the bottom and apartments on the top. Right. Uh, Cause it's an old new England town, yeah. but it's only like one street. That's maybe like, two kilometers long if that yeah um so it's not you know it's not much but we used to ride our bikes that we couldn't walk there because there's there's literally no sidewalk to walk there so it's if you want to walk it's very dangerous even riding the bike walking was basically dangerous. on the on the shoulder of the road right like yeah. in, in like the the dirt like a few feet from you know cars going exactly however fast yeah so uh 15 i got my learner's permit which meant i could drive with uh, my parents in the car or one of my parents and then at 16, I got my full-on license. Now my test to get my permit was an open book test after going to classes for a bit. Then why even go to class? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, of course I passed that. And then the driving test to get the license, I drove around a block for like 10 minutes and then parked the car into a regular parking spot. And I got like a 96. He's like, here's your license, 16-year-old child. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Not until I was maybe 22 where I realized... A 16 year old should not be driving a car. Like, I was so immature. I did so much stupid stuff in my car. Yeah. Um, that I'm not going to mention here for 
mom and dad purposes. Uh, but I did a lot of stupid stuff with the car. Um, or at least if I did, my friends did. And yeah, a 16 year old just shouldn't be driving. I understand why they need to, because you can work in the States at 16. Yeah. So if you can work- Plus they also got to get to school, high school, like your parents have to work, like they can't be driving you everywhere. Well, there are school buses in the States, luckily. There are school buses. Yeah. I mean, but it depends where you live. Like um, where I grew up, there weren't school buses. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. So uh, yeah, so I got my license at 16 and then I drove everywhere when I had to and um, it was fun because I like driving. And it wasn't until I moved away where I realized I really don't like driving that much. When I go back to the States, it's fun, you know, mm. for like the novelty of it. But generally, like sitting in traffic sucks. Uh, Park just, in a big city, like parking, like driving in a circle for twenty minutes, trying yeah. to find every every. Or then you go downtown to the the movie theater you want to go to. Another twenty minutes looking for a parking spot. Exactly, paying the five ten buck fee to park. You know, yeah, yeah, paying for parking. It's, it's just not fun. You also have to you know pay attention and be on the whole time. If you're tired, that's super dangerous to drive. So it's like mm-hmm. you have to be fit, awake, not hungry because driving and eating is really dangerous. You know, you just got to be like in a perfect state to drive. Obviously, 99% of people aren't in that state. Yeah. Don't well, necessarily well, do look, that. Luckily but. now, um, you have the Uber Lyft option. So you don't have yes. to, so you don't have to, you could, you can be tired. You can be drunk. You can uh, be eating. You know, you don't have to pay, pay attention, be sitting in the back. You know what I mean? Like, right. Let somebody else drive for you. Yeah. And thank God that exists now. So now when I go to the States, it's grand. It's getting Uber to pick me up, take me to a bar and Uber me back. And I don't have to worry about before, driving. It was and, just an expensive taxi. Like, right. Because taxis used to be... Ugh, just like it was like you're talking like 30 40 bucks you, and you know, have to like or, call a taxi service with the phone book <laughs> yeah like there was no app like where you see a little guy like oh here comes david you know, yeah, like, know. <laughs> so yeah that was my driving experience in the states i had a few cars uh my favorite one being a jeep wrangler that uh i i joined his jeep clubs so i lifted it put 33 inch mud train tires on it went off road like all the time so hmm. that part of driving became a hobby of mine of just going off roading in connecticut yeah or massachusetts so that was a hobby which i really enjoyed uh being in nature going through some mud, uh, climbing rocks. Like it was, it was super duper fun. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Jeeps are awesome. I had a friend who, I think I told you who also had a Jeep. So like yeah. he was doing all that kind of jam too. Doors um, off in the summer, top down. Yeah. No side view mirrors, but you know, it was just the most freaking car in the world. But I was getting like, I don't know, 12 miles a gallon on, on, on the highway. Yeah. And it was just not uh, a nah. practical car. So I got a Nissan Altima. I tried, sold it, got a little Nissan Altima coupe. When I thought that's I was such start teaching. a difference. Yeah. And like, I think a few months after I did the trade, I kind of regretted it. Yeah. But it didn't make a lot more economical sense. We're like literally probably getting double the gas oh, mileage. Easy. I mean, and it was easily. Like, and it was fast and it was like fun to drive, like take turns on. Like the Jeep yeah. was like driving a, a box with a tent strapped to its ass. You know, it was not very aerodynamic or didn't take corners very well or do anything really well in the street at all. Mm. But it was still fun because it was a Jeep. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, 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 my uh, childhood kind of was very similar. Same. Like, I mean, you start so young. I mean, at the ass thing was like at the age of like 15, it was either my dad or my sister was like, um, you know, letting me drive in like a parking lot to kind of get the feel for it. And then, oh, yeah, then sure. it was like 15 and a half. Yeah. You get your, your driver's permit, which allows you to just to drive with your parents. Um, and then, um, yeah, none of us ever broke that rule. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and then, yeah, then I took the test, but for me, it was not open book. You actually had to like memorize stuff. That's good. Know, learn. Actually, <laughs> that makes sense. Learn, um, <laughs> learn. Um, but it was funny. Like, so we, yeah, I had, to, I had to go to classes. I remember and it was in the summer, which is the worst. Cause you're, it's like, it's beautiful outside and you're just like stuck in this classroom for, I can't remember how long it was a week or two weeks or however long. Yeah. I think mine was like 
yeah, two weeks or a month or something like that. I, it's I kind of think I blacked it out because it's. And did you do driving classes? Yeah, so we had to do we had to do the sitting theoretical classes, you know. But then also there was where a guy came with the car that had um, two steering wheels to whatever, and you had to log like a certain amount of hours driving with him. And I remember that was actually kind of terrifying because when that happened, I. I think I had done yeah like five ten minutes in a parking lot with my so like ne- so like I'd never driven on a road in my right. life, and I remember my first appointment came, the guy drove up, got out of the car, said hi as he was walking from like the driver's seat to the passenger seat and just got in, and I was just standing there and he kind of was like looking at me like what like waved me over, and I so I got in, and he was like um, all right we're gonna drive to um, to Felton which is like a city like sure. fifteen minutes away. And I'm like, but on the highway? Yeah, I was like, sir, you're going to tell me? So, I, I, I don't know how to drive. He's like, just to go. Like, what do you mean? Like, I, you know, I didn't know, like, how to. You're American. Like, it's in your, it's in your blood. Like, what's the blinker? You know what I mean? Like, like, like literally it was just like, he just got in and was like, okay, drive, drive me 20 minutes from here. And That's I, wild. And I'd never been on the road. And, and I, I was, I was so terrified. Um, but yeah, then that, that, I think it was like once a week for, yeah, a month or two. I, I had to ride with that guy and, and I, we had to log like, um, it was like an hour during the day, then an hour at night, then an hour during the day or whatever. Like, I can't remember how many hours, eight hours total or something. And, we had and you had to do that to get your license or your permit. Yeah. Yeah. That was, okay. that was part of it. Like I had to have that. I had to go to the classes and then I had to do the actual driving test. Because um, if I remember correctly, I did do driving classes, but I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I didn't have to technically. Uh, but, they were just to like help you. Yeah. My parents didn't want to help me, but also it'll lower my insurance price. Because I did extra classes. Oh, nice. And as a young man, of course, that's the usually the highest insurance bracket you can have, like a 16-year-old boy. Oh, it's I know. a very high insurance bracket. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure the classes weren't mandatory, which is crazy. But um, we did it anyways. And I think that's also why Rhode Island has some like, the worst drivers in the United States, I believe. <laughs> nice. I think that's factual. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess so I got my license at 16. And then for the first six months, I was still not allowed to have anybody under the age of 25 in my car. But I literally broke that rule one hour after getting my license um, just because it was it was like me and my friend. So my friend already had his license. Now I just got my license and we had to go meet in some town for a school thing. And we we're like, OK, we can be horrible to the environment and have two separate cars going to this place. Or why don't you just get in my car? And I, even though it's illegal, it's like this makes no sense because you have like 10 different kids driving this one place. And they all live like on the same yeah. street, like like you know. It's just so I, so I was like, ah, just get in, and literally just like broke the rules straight away, you know, <laughs> just because it didn't make any sense, you know. It's like let's just let's save gas, let, you know, save the environment, whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, but you know, it was it was it it was absolutely fun. I mean, it's it's like as a, an American, it's so liberating and the freedom because because before that. If you want to leave your house to go anywhere, like you're dependent on your parents to drive, right. to go to the movie theater, to go wherever, or older siblings. Yeah, exactly. You're dependent on on a on a driver, and especially if you're going anywhere that's beyond like a ten minute walk, like you need a driver. And, and, and to have that freedom suddenly, it just felt like, oh wow, I can now I can like live my life and do the stuff I want to. For sure, especially at age like sixteen. Now, if any Europeans listening who grew up without a car didn't need a car, imagine uh, you're 13, 14 years old. You're going on your first date but your parents have to drop you off on that first date. 
And, you know, because you're 14, you feel like an adult. Obviously, you're not. But you're in this yeah. awkward you between feel, you feel age. old, yeah. You know, so you're going on like, you know, hey, you want to go on a date with me in the movies? Yeah. And, you know, you're very excited. You put on, you put on your, nice, your nice shirt and put some cologne on, your dad's cologne or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, and you want to go to the date, but, like, your mom has to drop you off. And as a 14-year-old, it's like, ah, that's not... You know, that's not cool. Especially be, if she be cool like in the movies. Especially if she sees you like getting out of the car, you know, then it like it totally emasculates you and just makes you f- f- feel like it really makes you feel your age because like because right. before you really feel like yeah I'm like 20 I'm like so much sure and then but then you get out of that of your dad's car and you're like nope 13. Okay. I mean they got dropped off as well you know but I know there's, but there's still, this is weird like I remember there's a weird thing like you think you're an adult but you're really not so it makes sense you to get driven there. Um, but yeah, that was obviously not the best. No, and plus also they're like. Okay, so should I be here at ten thirty or what? And, and then and then you're locked into okay, my parents come in. So like you don't have that freedom either of staying however long you want. It's you not know? like you can go anywhere anyways because you have no car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, so yeah, having your own car, it, it's it's a big deal. Um, yeah, and I was I I really got into cars from the from you know as a kid getting that first car when you're sixteen, it's like a big deal, right? For sure. And then I I I started because um, I was already into electronics, and then I started installing sound systems. Cool. In um in kids cars in my high school you know adding like woofers in the back and like custom boxes and a fiberglass and stuff and i i just like sw- swapping out the, the door speakers and stuff and uh I, and like i just got really into that um and then god but from the age of like 16 to i don't know 20 i must have had like three or four different cars not because i was rich but just because like like my first car i i totaled the engine on that so that died and then <laughs> and then i got another car and I'd see what happens. Is I'd, I'd, I loved working on cars, right? But then once like the work was done, I got bored with it, so I would just sell the car. And then with the money from selling the car, I would just buy a new car. Yeah, why not? That I could work on. And, like, one one car I had was um, 1998 uh, Police Interceptor Crown Vic. So it was a police car. Yes, it was the best. Yeah, I bought, I bought like it was like surplus from a sheriff's department, and um, and it was cool. They're like, did it still have the light on it? Well, they were like. Okay, legally we can't ship it with the with the lights on it, but if we if we unscrew it and ship it, that was in a separate box. Legally, we can send those to you. And I was like, yeah, bring it on. Um, but it's cool. Like it had the 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 back um, plastic vomit seat. It had the um, the the the, the cage um, yeah. divider. So, oh so my god! In between with the glass and everything, it had the little. Um, uh, 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 maneuverable spotlights on yeah. each side. It had the, the lights on top. Had the lights in front. It had the push bar. Um, Do people think you're a cop all the time? Like, oh, all the time. I, I heard when you drive one of these cars, even with, without lights on it, on the highway, a lot of people drive really slow around you, which can be really annoying. It was really annoying. Every time I got on the highway, this person in front of me would suddenly go like 10 miles per hour slower. Either you'd have that. The only plus would be people tended to like to get out of the way. So they'll just pull to the right, you know, because right, yeah. they didn't like having a cop behind them. No, never. And the thing is like my car, especially in the rear view mirror, there's, it was indistinguishable from a cop car because the um, badges that say police are always on the left and the right side of the car, which from the rear view mirror, all you see is the front of the car, which, which well, is you, so you, you can't tell that it's not a police car. I had memorized what the crown Vic front lights <laughs> me, look like. Me too, me they too. have the, yeah. Uh, in the middle, like towards the inside, they have the the yellow. Yeah, the two oranges. The two oranges, yeah. and then the regular light that's long and skinny. And I remember, like, that's what a Crown Vic looks Dude, like. Same. Really? I, <laughs> I, 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 I memorized that. So anytime I was driving anywhere, like especially at night, I could within a second know if it was a Crown Me Vic, too. and I would immediately slow down and pull to the right or yep. whatever. And 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 sometimes it would happen. I'd be like, oh, Crown Vic, and I pull over, and then it would it would go by, and then it would just be like a a retired police car, just like sure. the one I used to have. And be like, damn you, damn it, Crown um, Vicks. 
But yeah, oh, I, 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 yeah, I loved having the car. But again, same, like once I installed everything and got it exactly where I wanted, then I kind of got bored with it. Later. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I was really into cars. And at that time, before moving to Europe, um, if you'd ask me, can you ever imagine yourself not owning a car? I'd be like, well, that, how, would Never. That, how would that be possible? Yeah. Ex- exactly. Like, like, like a, in the States, kind of a car is like an extension of your identity, which is kind of a really weird thing to say, but it kind of is. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people who can't even afford it, like, you know, you'll see somebody who's just, you know, d- does not make that much money, but he has like a 2022 Toyota Tundra that costs like $45,000 because he's leasing it with some, some expensive lease or something like with like a 30% APR or something. Yeah. But it's important for people to have nice cars because it's like a st- kind of a status symbol. And also again, it like, it lets people know, Hey, I have a job. I work hard. You know? Um, it, yeah. It's like a, it's like an extension of you in a way. And, it's and, weird. And that's one of those things that now I'm starting to really kind of be disillusioned with and not really like anymore um just generally because it's like it's kind of like this weird capitalistic propaganda put on you as well like you need to have a nice car like you need to kind of like the whole white picket fence house thing Mm. you know it's kind of this societal pressure that you need to have all these things which i think is just stupid like drive whatever hell you want you're a human yeah your your, your personality is not a big big piece of metal that a corporation sold you that makes you believe you want to buy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's all just made up. Yeah. Uh, which I realized, I mean, as, you know, of course, I'm older now, but when I was like 16, when I had my Jeep, like that Jeep was me. Like I was the Jeep. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But it's, it's a, stupid. Like it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, uh, a piece of metal from, from a corporation. Like, I know, I know, I know, I know. But the thing is like a lot of Americans, I don't blame them because they don't have a choice because right. the the way that American cities are, have been designed, it's, it's totally built around the car. And as, as we mentioned, um, usually you have these residential sections of the city and then you have the commercial sections of the city right. and to get from A to B in any kind of a timely fashion. And again, there's like, I think in this, in the U S what you have maybe three or four cities that have proper public, you have like, you have like New York, you have, um, Chicago, you Boston. got San Francisco, you got Boston, Maybe but the Chicago one's not even that great either because the way they want Chicago works, um, they have different lines from the suburbs going into the center, right? Yeah. But if you want to go from one suburb to another, you can't. You have to go to they the don't center. They have a ring bond that connects right. everything like they do in Berlin. Yeah. Exactly. So to go to the center and then back to the burbs. So by the time it takes you there, you're spending 30 minutes where it's actually maybe a 10 minute drive away. Yeah. And so that's, you know, it's there, but it's still not great. Yeah. I, there are a few cities like I, I, one I could point out is um, Portland, which I find to be very European because yeah. um, it has a downtown in which it is kind of commercial with apartments above. And if you live um, in d- the downtown area, like you can easily walk everywhere, go shot, like kind of very, very European way, go, go buy your food, go to the cafe, go to the bar, no car needed. And also they have a tram system there, Great. which, um, uh, unfortunately in the U S tram systems are very too very far rare. in between. Yeah. They're very rare. So I mean, got, they're, they're so rare. Like San Francisco has like, it's like a tourist thing to go ride in the tram. <laughs> on yeah, the tram. Yeah, yeah. But even those, yeah, like the old school cable cars, like those aren't meant for public transportation. Like they're better for tourists. Like, right, exactly. Like, like you don't take that to get from A to but B. The infrastructure's there. <laughs> Just make it bigger. Yeah. But th- this is what's interesting. So I've, I've been really into um, like watching videos and reading about city planning recently. I don't know why, but I just find it mm. really a fascinating uh, topic. And so the States used to be a lot of these cities and, and towns used to be designed in a very European um, foot centric way. Yeah. Yeah. They used to have downtowns, uh, living in commercial spaces all together, very easily walkable. And then in like early 19th, uh, early 20th century, there's bulldozed all these cities, like just bulldozed them and made them all car centric. 
And that's what we have now in the States is these concrete kind of blank, bland spaces where you have uh, giant parking lots, big four lane highways and just strip malls on the side. Yeah. And it's like, I think the city of Houston is a perfect example of like some of the worst city planning probably in the history of the world. Yeah. If you look at Houston, it's it's awful. Like it just, it's just concrete parking lots everywhere. There's no sidewalks. If there are, they're very limited. You can't walk anywhere. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I mean, like there's also big cities like LA, which LA, terrible. If you include the greater LA area, you're talking about 9 million people and it has the worst public transportation you'll ever see. Yeah. And so you have to get by, get around by car. And it's a place that where the traffic is so bad, it's going to take you forever to get anywhere. But that's an interesting story because that LA used to have one of the best public transportation systems in not only the U.S., in the world, one of the biggest streetcar tram systems in the world. Did it really? Yeah. And then, but it was in the... Um, in the 30s, early 40s, it was called the red car. That was the name of the tram system, right? And they had extensive tunnels and almost every street had a, had a tram line. And then in those 30s and 40s, there was a big scandal. It was like these companies, like all these companies that were car-centric, like Goodyear, Firestone, etc. Yep. They all banded together, secretly bought the red car, and then just dismantled it, ripped up all the tracks, and they replaced all the trams with buses because the buses could use the Goodyear tires and whatever. And over a 20-year period ripped up the entire tram network, replaced it with buses, replaced it with highways, and now it has the worst public transportation system ever. This is infuriating um, me right now. Yeah, this is so angry. And only in the past like five to ten years they've they've added I think one or two tram line which is extremely difficult in a city where, you know, like imagine any city trying to throw a tram line where it, there wasn't one, you know, like if there it's it's hundreds of millions of dollars. You're ripping yeah, of ripping up buildings. You're like so so and, so and, yeah. And, and, they're, they're trying, but it's like they're hundred year delayed because of this scandal, you know, for sure. And, and, you know, most European cities are designed, I mean, they're old. So obviously they're designed with people in mind. So they're very walkable. You have everything, you, you know, everything you need, you can walk to and walking distance. If not, you can bike with bike lanes or, uh, take public transportation. And this is a way, in my opinion, every city should be built. Yeah. Now, uh, Berlin is really, really fantastic. I still think there are a bit too many cars, but I think for all intents and purposes with everything else, it's done a really good job of being a walking public transportation city. Yeah, an amazing cycling network. I mean, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I think the the best um, the best country in the world for city planning is probably the Netherlands. They're just unbelievable mm. for uh, for passengers, not passengers, people. Um, and 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 I, and I think that the problem is too in the states. Even if you, even if the funding was there, which it won't happen. Like Houston, for example, put like something like $10 million to help pedestrians, but then just invested like another 120 million and more highways. Like it's just more and more highways yeah, but to but solve a problem that's not going to get solved. people keep buying more car. And, 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 and it's the thing, you're you not going to change You the, have to change the mentality right, before exactly. you change the city. Like you, you have to get people wanting to, because you can build an amazing subway system in Houston, brand spanking new, everything. But... Not, not, not necessarily anybody was going to write it because people still have this mentality. I need a car. I need to like, you, and you really need a system that's like Berlin because Berlin have this rare system where it's like you throw a rock, you're going to hit a, like a subway <laughs> system or an S bar. Like truly you can go Even in the suburbs. There's, yeah, there's, there's stations to almost every A and B you're like less than a five minute walk from a station. Whereas 
I don't like places like Chicago, whatever. I, like I know in, in LA has a subway subway system that almost nobody uses because um, it has a limited number of lines and a limited, limited number of stations to the point where to get to the nearest station near you is a 30 minute drive. Right. So, so it's like, what? So I'm going to drive 30 minutes, try to find parking now, get on the subway. No, I'll just keep driving. I'll just keep driving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the whole thing. You have to change the, the mentality of, of Americans, which is going to be impossible because it'll be difficult. Yeah. Car culture is so ingrained in one-on-one. And I think you could show many Americans how much better it is to live in a place where you don't need a car, but I still think it'd be difficult to convince them. Yeah. It'd be hard because things also like cycling in the U S cycling is viewed as something you did as, eight as, years a, old? as a kid, either that or if an adult you're doing cycling, you're um, doing it just for exercise. You're, you're wearing your cycling um, gear. Like, like you're not going from A to B, you know what I mean? Like on a right. Saturday you go out, you go cycling for like three, four hours in order to burn some calories. You know, it's good exercise, good workout, whatever, but it's, it's not seen as a mean of transportation. Exactly. And people are kind of look at you like, or at least I think your average American would be like, oh, you ride a bike? Like, oh, are you are Whatever you Lance Armstrong. Are, are you poor? Or, you know, yeah, but again, it's like, it's not necessarily their fault. It's just, it's it's, ingra- it's ingrained in you since you're a kid, you know, like, and, and, and again, the only cities, they're just, they also don't have amazing cycling routes like they do in Berlin. So it's like, the options aren't there, you know? So like people, you're not gonna, if, if suddenly if suddenly they installed like hundred million dollars with the bike lanes in Houston, um, then maybe you could slowly start to change some minds. Right. But it's not there. So it's like, you no, know, it, 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 it have to be a big, you know, governmental mo- monumental governmental shift and how we view, um, as Americans cities and what they're meant for, because I still, yeah, cities are meant right now in the States, most of them for cars and people are like, yeah, you're also there where here it's meant for people and cars can also be there. Uh, on a side note, also, like, if you're ever in, like, a really small town, a, a really, um, sorry, old city in Europe, so I'm talking, you know, Italy, Spain, all these old places with the really skinny roads for yeah. small cars, just, like, take a taxi and just go somewhere and you see these taxis whipping through these streets and it's incredible how they whip and through you, these and super like, skinny roads. you're going to die, Oh, my God. Yeah. A little side note there. It's kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, and I think also part of the what happened with the cities is also the amount of space. Like in the U.S., there's the the, the size is so huge and the amount of space is so great sure. that you have space for all these highways, all these roads, all these parking lots. In in Germany, you don't really like you don't have like especially um God within the within the ring in Berlin, like you have no room for these huge parking lot. Like so, I'm saying like maybe the space was there they would actually have those parking lots. True. But like, it, I, I, I can't tell you if it's because they don't want them or not, but well, it, it's, they, they literally just do not have the space for these kinds of things. I also know in the States and some cities, they have like parking lot mandates where if you have um, like a neighborhood or a building or something like that, you need to have like 60% capacity for car parking. Like you have to. Yeah. But I think it's like, if you open like say a Walmart, they don't want people to have to be parking in front of people's driveways and stuff. So like they're saying like, okay, if you open this place that can handle a thousand customers, you got to at least provide 500 parking spots or else yeah. where are these people going to park? You know? So it's like, it's this catch 22 thing that kind of just makes things worse. You know? Yeah, yeah. Things, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of this, like this main area in Rhode Island that near me, uh, was called route two. And there you have like all the, all the shopping places you need to go, you know, like Best Buy and home goods or whatever. Yeah. That's really long strip of road. And there is a sidewalk kind of like it's there. Yeah. But if you're walking through the sidewalk, you see, you know, the well, one, one side you have a bunch of cars and the other side you have the buildings with the shops and everything. Yeah. But in front of the buildings is what, like an acre of parking. 
And so yeah. all you see is just parking with the buildings way, way yeah, the, in the, the building, back. The buildings are like a hundred meters from the street. You know what I mean? And in between is just parking, parking and spots. When yeah. you think about how much space they could save if they, you know, brought those buildings closer to the road, put some housing on top of the buildings and made the road a little bit smaller and had more walking areas. You'd be like, wow, holy shit. Now we have like a lot of space for other things. And provided, you know, tram lines to the shopping areas and stuff yeah, exactly. that actually went to the residential areas and the stuff. Like, like things it's not like, that difficult yeah. to make good city planning. I, I mean, the, the, the problem is these cities already exist. Change completely changing a city not only costs money, but it would be 30, 40 years of construct. <laughs> they it, did it once before, but you know, it was nice. But you know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah, not no, for it's sure. not feasible in a, in a general way. Like, it's kind of like um, like roundabouts are proven to be safer and they're just easier more efficient as well more efficient right and so, so, but some people are like ah just you could just easily just rip up all the 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 intersections the US and change them with roundabouts well no you can't because like first of all the construction and and, and but like also roundabouts require 50% more space than a and also Americans can't deal with roundabouts but, but they could figure that out but i'm saying like physically just saying oh just replace the intersections roundabout is like um, you don't realize the feat that's involved. So like, right. so like I, I, if to Matt, bring it to town hall, yeah. have legislation, have it get passed with all the tax. Like it, it's a lot, it's a whole, to be a whole long process. Yeah. They did it in my town. There was this one uh, intersection that was always a real pain and they replaced it like five years ago when I was living here with a roundabout. Mm -hmm. And my parents said like the, for the first few months, like a year, there's just accidents like every single day People on the roundabout. Figure it out. Cause Americans couldn't figure it yeah. out. Can I go? Can I not go? When do I turn? Like, uh, where in Europe they're just they're ev like literally everywhere. Yeah, but again, eventually people could get used to them and get used to it. Like, I'm sure used to it now. And figure out, but it's just it, the installing them. It's it's just it's just more than you think. And like also, it like what was it, ten fifteen years ago? Because also the train network in the U.S. is not that. That's also a reason why people need cars. Like trains from city to city, also, you know, are, are very limited as well. Was the United States like one of the pioneers of using railroads as transportation back in the 1800s? I like, think was like their thing. I think it's still hard. Like in terms of track mileage, it has like the largest network, like larger than Europe, but it's used for mostly for freight, not for right. people. But I think back in the day, they were really used. For people, and yeah, it was like a, sure. a big American well, feat. Like, look at us—we're in the new world. Yeah. This amazing train system. Because well, the, the train was the only option. Like, uh, and it's much faster than a horse. You know what I mean? So, um, as for, the, but the thing is, like, once the car came, and suddenly, and you know, the, the U.S. is so big. It's like, oh, now I can go anywhere I want. I have the freedom to go anywhere I want, and even I could drive over dirt. I could, like, even if there is no road, a dirt road. Right. Like, you know, um, yeah, you know, it's just, um, but yeah. Anyway, so like, a 10, 15 years ago, they they voted. You know what, guys? We're going to put in, like, the first uh, high-speed bullet train in, like, all of the U.S. It's going to go from, like, San Francisco area to Los Angeles. It's like, oh, great. Cool. It's, it's going to take a six-hour drive, put it to two hours. And that was the thing. I Because my dad lived in L.A. My mom lived in the Bay Area. That was a drive I did all the time. Perfect. You know, like, great. hop on a train. Don't have to do anything or whatever. I mean, but 15 years later, and that tr that train's still not rolling, you know? Of course because, not. I mean, because people were just so against it, and they're, and like and just putting in the tracks, like, you know, every city that the tracks needed to go through were, were no, don't go through our city, don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it just, you know, it just caused so many political problems that it's something that people are going to talk about for 20, 30 years, and maybe in 2050, finally, they'll be built. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, uh, it takes forever. Now, have you seen this, I think this was a few months ago, uh, Elon Musk wanted to make this, like, not a hyperloop, but like he called it hyperloop, where it's like an underground tunnel where cars can go in, where they yeah. you know, the well, Tesla self drive themselves. Plan to do it in Vegas, and, so. and they did do it, and it was yeah. built, and it was like there's been no traffic. You know, you drive underground in a tunnel, and um, 
And then, of course, in the first few weeks, there was traffic inside. But it looks really claustrophobic and kind of just... But you're, you're referring to the test tunnel. They haven't actually built the re- actual tunnel. Okay, the test yeah, tunnel there. Yeah. And it was traffic and it didn't really work. But it's also terrifying because there's no sidewalk or, like, if your car breaks down or you have a heart attack, I don't know how an ambulance gets you. But anyways, the whole thing, I thought, like, he was talking about it and people were talking about like, this revolutionary idea, underground tunnels, drive your car in there. And I just thought, like... It's a, it's a fucking subway. You're talking about a subway. These have existed forever. It's just, instead of cars, you just get on a train. Yeah, but it's, but, it's, but it's way cheaper. You don't have to do like the actual, the trains and all the signaling and all that kind of like stuff. Like I, I still get, it's still a smart idea because like as he showed out, like above ground, it's impossible to add more highways, right? It's impossible. So like you have to go below ground. You know but what I mean? we, I, that's what I'm saying. Like instead of just going underground, we have to start changing the mindset of like we don't need cars on the ground we need but i trains. think it's easier to build a like 100 mile tunnel on the ground than it is to change the mindset of the people oh, like, for, i mean especially yeah. for a guy who wants to make you know more more money yeah if it's possible to have more. um but i, th- I think like before we, we end we should we talk more specifically about berlin and your feelings about berlin because yeah. uh recently we were having discussion um sort of about this and you said like, I can't understand how a single person owns a car in Berlin. It makes no sense. Right. But then you posted in a Reddit, hey, do any of you live in Berlin and own cars? And actually a few people posted the reasons why. And then it kind of yeah. changed your mind a little it, bit. It, yeah. it did change your mind a yeah. little bit. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, with the public transportation here, that is so fantastic. I really thought, why do people have cars here? It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Um, but a lot of people did explain, you know, uh, they work, you know, Matsan. And they live in Matsan, they work, you know, in, in, in Mitte. Yeah. So, you know, they have to drive really far. Or someone who's a psychologist, they said, I, I go to people's houses, so I need to drive. It's just a lot quicker going from here to there to there to there than taking public transportation. Yeah, because if you go specific, like so many specific houses, you're not necessarily right. going to have uh, a train that goes directly to exactly where you need to go all day long. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, someone said, you know, they have three kids and a dog, and they like going out of the city often. So having a car is just more practical. For Makes them. sense, yeah. So there are actually a lot of useful applications, and, and, I, and, and I do get that. But I still think that um, the majority of cars in the city are not necessarily by people who need them. Because you see a lot of people driving cars. There's one person in the car, and, you know, they're just in, stuck in traffic. And I, and I look at them like, is this really better being stuck in traffic here? Than- yeah, but again, if, if you, like, like like that guy who said he lives in Marzahn is going to work. Right. Could be it, that. His daughter right. doesn't work in the building. So, True. So it's, it's, it's okay. It's one person. Like he's one person, right? Like he's no, in- I, I don't know the percentage of people who are like actual on a need basis and who are just want one to have one. I don't know what those numbers are, but I can't imagine that every car here is indeed. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's a big city. You know, you never know. Yeah. But I, I, I personally still feel like that um, sidewalks in some areas are too small. And um, there's too much parking on the side of the streets that could be used for bike lanes that don't exist in some parts of the mm. city. I mean, and, I agree. So I, I think and you see the car sitting there for like all year and just sitting there, yeah. not doing anything. And that's just like a piece of metal just doing nothing yeah. where that could be a useful space for either people or bike lanes or or even a garden, you know. Yeah. Um, I also think the city should have more car free areas. And have more parking lots, either underground or above ground, outside of the ring. Mm. And you could park there and then take tram station inside the ring. I think there's a lot of things they could do to incentivize people to not drive cars here. Um, and I don't well, think it's like, like nine euro tickets for per month, like nine euro yeah. tickets per month, or maybe a higher tax bracket if you are a single person living by yourself who works in the same district that you live in, something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know, but I think there are ways you can make Berlin a little more. Um, pedestrian friendly and they did try during the pandemic you know Friedrichstrasse right now is car free which is really cool and they, they, they've, they've made a few sections actually car free and there's a few streets near me 
that they made uh, Fahrradstrasses, basically like bike streets in which cars are allowed on that street, but the bike is king. Like the, the, every, all the cars basically have to yield to the bike. Like, That's fantastic. And it's all, literally this, every 10 meters, there's a big bike symbol on the ground saying like, this is a bike street. Yeah. Like you have to deal with that. Like they don't have to deal with you. And, and I think. Which makes more sense yeah. inside the city. You know, if yeah. you're on a highway, of course you're on a highway. That, that is for cars that go from place to place. But in the city, bikes, in my opinion, should be priority because this is, you know, you're a pedestrian and cities are made for people, not for highways. Yeah, but some people require cars. So in a sense, making a city made for people also makes make a city for cars. Well, you still have the main, those main roads, you know what I mean? But these side roads, a lot of them uh, is what I'm, what I'm kind of thinking of there. You know, like Hammerstrasse is a really big road. Kalmax Ali, Zonan Ali, Chazestrasse, Danzigerstrasse. These are all big streets where, yeah, cars should be king on those streets. But those little side streets maybe should be more bike friendly. Yeah, but you got to remember like also like you got the Amazon delivery, you got the DHL, like they have to be able to go on every single street so they can go to every, if you want, if you want your, uh, you know, red Adidas sneakers in two days, you got to <laughs> allow the trucks and the cars to come on that road. You know what I mean? Like, so, um, there, there are like you, in, in my mind, like you, you can't eliminate cars cause there are things that cars can do that trains, bicycles and, and everything can't do. They, they have mean, their place for I mean, sure. And I'm, I'm not arguing that of course they have their place. And I would say like, I kind of agree with you, but also like. Berlin, in terms of being pedestrian friendly compared to other cities, excels. So that's it why, does. It that's, really that, does. That's why I don't. That's why I never look at Berlin negatively. It's like, oh, there's too many cars because, I mean, just compared to any other city, like it's actually pretty dang good. So, no, you're like, right. Yeah. You are. You are right. I, I just think more of like, like Leipzig, for example. Their whole city center is a car-free area, and it's so nice just to walk around, and go to shops, not have to worry about the red or the green light or, you know, it's, it's super freeing to be able to have that. And a lot of other small European cities have that as well. We just kind of walk around and it's so relaxing to just be able to go to this shop over there. And then oh, let's go over there. Let's get a beer over there and you just walk. Yeah. And there's no stress. In the States, cars. in California, in uh, Santa Monica, which I used to live nearby, they have something called the third street promenade, which is like the entire length or not the entire length, but most of the length of this, of the street called third street, whatever it's pedestrian only. And it's just shops, cafes, bars, shops, whatever. And yeah, you just, and it's like, I don't know, I think it's like five or six blocks where you just walk down that entire thing and it's Super o- nice. only people, you know what I mean? And like, and of course the, city, the streets, the fourth and fifth street, no, fourth and second street. What's on the other, I'm trying to think, what's on the either side of third street? Fourth <laughs> and second street. Of course are cars, but you know, then you have that one that's just pedestrian. So that, that's nice. It is nice. It has its place. But I, I, I know that also that we can't have like all the streets like that. Yeah, no, yeah. of course. There's gotta be some kind of compromise. And I think generally Germany, most cities in Germany are pretty well done in terms of pedestrian car balance, for sure. I think the more you go out into the village and stuff, the villages are very much American in the terms of like, Car is king, like like of course in the village. But even yeah. the villages have usually some kind of bike lane and some kind of sidewalk, at least. Yes, I mean, they, they, yeah, they definitely have bike lanes that go between the little villages and stuff. Um, but they don't have an extensive system. Like it's it's still based around the car in those places. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? of course. But like uh, Bobby's small village, they do have a bus, but it comes, I think, <laughs> twice a day, I believe. Sweet, but it's there. You know, it is there. It's like an emer- it's like an emergency. I've literally have no other way to get from A to B. I'm just gonna wait uh, five hours till this bus arrives. Bro, that sucks. <laughs> or just walk. But, but I mean, like um, I saw on the news the other day that they're they're close to closing the deal on um, 
the they're opening up Berlin cycling highways. Um, oh, which um, I think it's like forty kilometers long, and it's going to be—it's literally going to cut the city in half. So you you could get from like um, interesting Friedrichshain to Charlottenburg without like on a separate by cycling highway that like doesn't require you to have to deal with traffic or that's very cool. Whatever. Well, like, I'm excited to see how that's going to work out. Yeah, I mean they say like realistically it won't be. Um, physical until like 2030 um because it's still a pretty good timeline actually so like it, right now it's it's still going through the getting approved phase whatever and then there'll be several years of constru- construction so obviously it's, it sounds like that uh the berlin Senat is actually working maybe a bit towards this this ideal model that i have in my head that i know never happen but at least if they can yeah. work a bit well, more towards they're it they're not getting rid of any cars or roads they're just adding a cycling highway. yeah that, that's yeah. fine and yeah. make it easier you know whatever yeah <laughs> and again like i i agree i, I think also it, I think you also have a, a uh, what do you call it? A not a grudge. Yeah, a grudge to to not a grudge to pick. A fucking what's a bone the, to pick. Bone to pick. Yeah, um, because in your your neighborhood, I think has some of the worst in terms of cycling lanes. Yeah, and it's also awful. your your sidewalks are about half the width as they are. Whereas where I live, we have much more cycling lanes, huge sidewalks, and with you, it's like small sidewalks and then no cycling lanes in right. some areas. And a lot of cars parked on the street. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think living there for several years, I could see why maybe you've gone a bit negative. It could you know? be. Yeah. It could be. Yeah. And um, also, just, you know, just taxi drivers almost hitting me all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's. But I, I also do to say though, um, before before we wrap this up, is bikers in Berlin. If you're riding a bike in Berlin, can you please stop like? running red lights and not going with the rules of the road. Yeah. That's why cars hate us as bike riders because so many people are just like, I'm on a bike. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. You're not special. Like you still have to stop. I, I see people literally like, so they're going to the intersection light turns red. So then they just swerve onto the sidewalk like go around the red light and then swerve back on like as if that was like an illegal way. It's like, no, we, yeah, you, no. Just, you just did, you just broke three other laws trying to circumvent this one law. And, like, and, and that pisses me off just as much as cars do. Yeah. Like I'll be riding my bike sometimes and I ride pretty quickly, um, but I'll have this, you know, there'll be someone behind me. I'll stop at the red light and I'll just fly through it. Right. Mm. But then they'll have to stop another red light because there's cars going by and I'll catch up to them anyways. You know what I mean? It's like, just chill. Yeah. What, what was those like? Like not even the zero seconds you gained was that worth possibly dying and possibly causing an accident? Right. Because, exactly. Because I mean, it's, I think it, it is. I want to say it is like twenty, thirty people die per year in Berlin. I want to say like I, I'm not. I, I don't call me on those numbers, but I, it, it's a certain amount of people die every year um, from either their ignorance or the ignorance of drivers. You know. So right. And and the more you know, cyclers act like assholes, the more cars will be less forgiving when they, you know, make a mistake or something like that. Yeah. And I want to have that mutual respect. We respect the cars. They respect us because a little news flash for us cyclers. If we hit a car, the cyclers, are the you, one that's going to get hurt. You're going to lose. Yeah. And also don't forget, like what I also don't like about cyclists, they like to, some people, sorry, not everybody. Some people like to Go okay. I'll follow the rules of the road, and then when they want to, ah, now I'm a, now I'm a, I'm a pedestrian. You know what I mean? Like even yeah. though they're on the like, you can't forget as a cyclist, you are a vehicle. Like you follow you follow the car laws. Like right. like you can't just every ten minutes decide, ah, now I'm a pedestrian. Now I'll now I can just follow. I can just ride through this um this crosswalk or no. just ride through this cycle. This you know or or oh I, I don't have to stop here because oh now suddenly I'm a, a pedestrian. No, if no, you have no, two sorry. feet on the ground, yeah. you're a pedestrian. A- a- 
and you're walking next to your bike, not right. you're on your bike, like, right. like waddling. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. Those people give cycling cyclists a bad name. Um, and it just kind of drives me crazy because it's like, come on, come on, man. Like you have to, you ha it's a spread light. You have to stop. Like you're, you're the one who's causing these crashes. And know? they get mad about cars. Like, well, you know, <laughs> just respect each other. Yeah. And I mean, well, luckily in Germany, in Germany and Berlin, um, uh, most people who drive cars are cyclists also like they're cyclists on the weekends. They're like, like, so, and most people who's, you know, who's cyclists, like they also drive cars. So like most people I would say have a mutual respect because they are both in a sense, you know what I mean? Not taxis though. Watch out um, for taxis. Yeah, not taxis. They but, go, they go wild. But I agree. There, there's like maybe 10, 20% of P of cyclists that do just give us all the rest of us a bad name for yeah, sure. For sure. Um, but I don't know, I don't know where we stand on this. I mean, you hate cars. Uh, I think that didn't change and uh, <laughs> I don't, I'm in between. So and again, I, uh, I don't hate cars. I hate uh, infrastructure built for cars and not yeah. for people in cities. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what we're saying is that um, the kind of city planning in Berlin and in Europe tends to be, be uh, better for people than it is in the U S. But on the other hand, I, I know that, nobody living in the u.s today chose the city planning that they have like but, like you, I, you're you're stuck with it like and i think if you ask people they'd be like no it's perfect it's totally fine the way it is i, I don't think so i think there's oh, a, i wonder what hey listeners everyone listening right now what do you think who, who live in the states do you think like the way the state is set up is totally fine you, you don't mind at all or would you prefer more of a european centric model where uh you can walk easier and ride your bike easier i don't know maybe some people love it true i, I think the the real test would be because I didn't know I didn't like it until I lived in your, until I witnessed a different system. Yeah, you know me what too. I mean. Me too. So, so I think you'd have to take Americans, have them live in Berlin for like a month, and and then and then and then ask them that question. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like once they saw both, and then see, and then they, maybe they'd be like, ah, you know, because like even today, man, like um, you know, I went to get the the beer for for our recording sesh. You, you're thinking beer? What? You don't drink whiskey? But ah, we drink beer afterwards. Uh, sorry, we're, de we're de degenerates. Degenerates. Uh, so, um, but you know, just like hopped on my bike, cycled down the road, ran to the store, grabbed the beers, put them into my, um, you know, my, satchel. my biking satchel, which then just snaps onto my bike and then cycle right back and like literally just go straight from the street without even stopping straight from the street to my front door with my bike, open the door, you know, like there's no parking, there's no unloading the car there's no finding a just the easy breeziness of it I, i've that's a great example right there yeah ever since i moved here the easy breeziness of just like daily life um i really like that compared to like you know in the u.s it's like okay i need stuff i need to go shopping this is now a whole thing put on my shoes whatever okay get in my car turn my car okay now drive half an hour okay now find a spot now right. get, you know it's like or i think another like great example spiel. was last friday we're at my place uh playing some games and i said something the same time as bobby and she said jinx show me a coke and so we you know we had a few beers in so of course you can't drive anywhere but i said nothing he, he actually got up and just left without saying anything and then we're like where do you go and and Matt was like, I, th I think he went to go buy her the Coke because she said Jinx. Yeah. So uh, I, I left the apartment, walked two minutes down the road to a little Spatey, grabbed the Coca-Cola, walked right back. So I was, you know, I was out at a shop that I could have I gotten food or snacks or drinks, whatever. Walked back two minutes, came back up, gave her a Coke. I could talk again. But like that simplicity of just being like, if I need something, I can just go grab it real quick. I don't have to make, it's not a trip. It's not a whole thing yeah yeah like like living somewhere that has a mix of residential and commercial spaces it, like it, it it make it's like what you just said like it, it provides for these 
quick, easy, breezy moments that yeah. you just don't get when everything is so separate. You know exactly. what I mean? All, yeah. all my errands are within five minutes to 10 minutes walking of my apartment. All my errands I can do. I can get my suit tailored within a five minute walk, grocery shopping, clothes shopping, everything. Five minutes easy. If it's not five minutes, I can take the uh, subway one or two stops and it's right there. Yeah. It's just so simple and it's so stupid simple. easy. I know. And and I know there are some cities in the US that are like this. Like like Portland. Of course there are. Yeah. Like Portland, for example, is like this. Parts and, of and Boston, the, Providence as well, even. Yeah. And there, there are areas, um, even in California, like it's smaller cities that are like this as well. But we're, we're talking about like in general. Right. Uh, because we don't live in a small city. We live in a big city. So like find a city this size in the US that is so easy breezy to do stuff without a car. You Besides, know, that's not New York. <laughs> it's not, it's not New York, um, yeah. which, um, is bigger. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I've been in New York, I think for a few days. I, I can't really speak much about your New York. New York's, if, yeah. It's awesome. It's a cool city. Okay. But anyways, let's, um, let's wrap this up, but unwrap <laughs> this bottle of whiskey. Let's do it. Now I want to say, because I'm pouring myself in a little splash here. Yeah. Those, yeah those give me little, an actual um, splash, not a pour. Little, little uh, conversation right there. Little, I, I enjoyed uh, that. Uh, Okay. Yeah, for Yeah, good. I can okay. get more later if I need it. Okay. So, uh, cheers again. This is the Glenmorangie, the original Highland single malt Scotch whiskey, aged ten years. Have anything interesting on the back there? Um, there's words. Do we need them? Nah. Okay. Let's just drink. It balances notes of honeysuckle. You know, uh, one sip is worth one thousand two hundred words. So good. You know, when I first sipped it in the beginning, I found it to be kind of strong. Um, yeah. Now that strength is gone, but I, I but that's just I think from now I'm used to it. Yeah, I I, I, I I thought the same thing to be honest, but I find it um, just really really smooth and easy to drink. It's not super uh, peaty or smoky. No, it has a burn, but it's a very it's a small kind of quick burn, but at least it's there. I'm getting, I'm getting some kind of fruitiness in there, I think. There, I don't the, know. Yeah, when, the first smell I had before I took a sip, I was about to say, that smells kind of fruity, but I didn't say anything because I was like, ah, it sounds kind of pompous. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's, you know, these are, these are flavoring notes. True. But I, I really like it. I, I think it's uh, super easy to drink scotch. Um, I wouldn't say it's anything incredibly special, but I do really like it. So I'm just going to go, my gut, my gut's giving me an eight. Mm, interesting. I think that is a... Um, 7.5 seven, nope 7.8 7, oh 7.8 okay 7.8 yeah I'm fine with that I, I was gonna try to jinx you there but it didn't work yeah you almost did nice no not nice oh not nice well if it did you just walk down the street get a coke and come right back oh that kind of a jinx I think yeah. like jinx like screwed me up oh no anyways everybody uh, again thank you so much for listening thank you for joining yes, us thank and, you and, for coming this is episode 101 it's not as easy to say One oh, this is 101 101 101 um so um thank you for listening again and thank you for everyone who joined last week that was super fun with you and uh and, and maybe um yeah maybe we won't wait another 100 episodes before we do um another kind of like live yeah true stream. maybe 10 20 episodes we'll do one of those just it was, it was just it was fun times yeah maybe next week who knows no we, we, won't, we won't do it next week but uh maybe yeah we'll, we'll re-record this right now and do it live <laughs> oh my gosh right, can you can you join <laughs> but yeah thank you everybody so um Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay thirsty. Cheers. Cheers. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> I knew one of us was going to say something really stupid that was car related, and that there it was. Honk, honk. I'm glad it was you and not me. <laughs>